the pandemic definitely brought um, a much different lens to look at mm-hmm. how to keep how to get good talent and keep it. And it and it brought the best and the worst out in a lot of organizations. I think some Absolutely. it brought the best out, some it really didn't. <laughs> Welcome to Well Shit. It really is that simple. I'm Claire. And I'm Serena. On this podcast, we help you to understand about your 12 universal needs, why they are currently not being well met, how to meet them in ways that work for you, and how to consistently do so in quick, easy, and simple ways that fit seamlessly into your life. We'll also help you to understand how doing so will have a positive ripple effect in literally every area of your life. If you like what you hear, sign up for more support with meeting your needs with your weekly Universal Needs Notes at theuniversalneeds.com. And enjoy the show. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, everyone. So today we are joining you for the third and final episode in our little little business mini-series. Today we're going to be looking at how to get good talent and more importantly, how to keep it, which is actually a really important topic for a lot of places right now. The last couple of episodes have been about customer service, and this one actually is too, so Mm -hmm. keep listening to find out how. Yeah. A lot of companies right now are in a similar position where they're concerned about the local, national, and international labor crisis in something that's being called the Great Resignation. Yeah. The labor crisis actually isn't being caused by not having enough people to fill the jobs available. What the labor crisis is caused by is that people have actually realized they're no longer willing to sacrifice their needs to work in roles and for employers that are constantly compromising their needs. Absolutely. So the labor crisis isn't a question of finding more people. Mm -hmm. Instead, it's a question of creating a culture, a question of creating a culture and environment that people actually want to be a part of. Yeah. So the reality is there's no such thing as a labor crisis right now if... You have employees who are happy, Mm -hmm. engaged, and loyal. And employees whose experiences that working for your company not only doesn't sacrifice their needs, but it actually supports them in getting their needs met. And other people want to work for your organization. That's something very important. People want it. They don't have to. Right. And you're right. Like if, if your employees are happy, engaged and loyal and they know that working with your company is going to meet their needs and not sac- sacrifice them and other people want to work for your organization, there's no such thing as a labor crisis right now. So if you want to create what we have redefined a destination workplace to be. This is a term that has been used, but we've created a new definition of it that that I think sometimes can can be a little bit more helpful in helping organizations figure out how to create a destination workplace, a place where people genuinely want to work everything changes. So to become a destination workplace, any organization needs to cultivate a working environment that first supports their staff in getting all of their needs met, and secondly, does not actively compromise their needs. Now, both are actually equally important, but actually for a lot of organizations, the second part, not compromising their needs, is the most important one because that is actually their biggest issue. So the key to creating a destination workplace is employee engagement. Now, employee engagement is the extent to which the organization, the team, and the work 
supports an employee in, an employee in getting their needs met. Um, this what this does is this creates a mental and emotional connection between the company and the employee that leads to engagement. It's the equivalent of internally facing customer service. So this is what Serena was saying is that this this um, episode is actually about customer service as well, but this is internally facing customer service. So how is the organization, the team, and the work serving the needs of the employee? So how do you create a destination workplace? Well, there are five different levels of employee engagement, which create five different types of workplace. So number five, the very, very top is extraordinary internal customer service. This is where you have highly engaged staff. This is an organization which supports the meeting of staff's needs beyond expectations or it supports needs that that weren't expected to be met as part of the context of the working relationship with that individual this creates a destination workplace so the next level down is where we have good internal customer service. This is where we've got moderately engaged staff. So this is an organization that supports the meeting of their, st their staff's needs well within the context of the working relationship. So they know what needs need to be met in, the in that working relationship and they're doing that well. And this creates a desirable workplace to, um, uh, for employees. The next level is basic customer service, internal customer service, which where you have barely engaged staff. So this is an organization which is doing just the minimum required to meet the needs of their staff within the context of the working relationship. This creates an adequate workplace. So recognize this is not about meeting those needs well, it's doing the absolute bare minimum. And especially in the context of the great resignation and the labor crisis, the bare minimum often isn't enough because people have been working at such a detriment, they need more than the minimum now to really want to work for an organization. The next level down is bad internal customer service. So this is where you've got disengaged staff, which often not intentionally, but if you're disengaged, you're often disruptive to the workplace or the, the presence of those um, people who are who are disengaged is disruptive to the work, um, the work systems and the workflow and the, um, the work environment. This is an organization which is failing to do the minimum to meet the needs of their staff in the context of that working relationship. So this is an undesirable workplace. You're not going to want to work somewhere which is not doing the minimum required to meet their staff's needs within the context of that working relationship. And the final and the worst kind of relationship, uh, the worst kind of environment is one with damaging internal customer service. This is where you have actively disengaged staff, which is damaging to the company, the teams and the work environment because the, um, the, the organization is negatively impacting the staff's needs and that is then having a ripple effect throughout the organization. So this is where the, an organization which is repeatedly or significantly compromised or damaging their staff needs um, and that creates a damaging workplace. Now, <coughs> excuse me, the vast majority of organizations actually sit between levels one and three. So between damaging, either damaging, bad or basic internal customer service. It is very, very, very rare for an organization to be at levels four or five, which is where we're talking about good and extraordinary internal customer service. This means if you as an organization you are the organization that can create this kind of workplace, you will set yourselves apart from others in your industry and even others outside of your industry in a really, really big way. So what does it mean to be supporting or compromising employees' needs? Mm -hmm. In order to create a workplace destination or a destination workplace, an organization needs to be both supporting their employees' needs 
and not compromise them. So we're going to take a look at a few examples. Right. The first one is the foundation function needs. These are the needs that relate to our physical well-being. Mm -hmm. Often companies are expecting employees to work for more hours with less breaks and asking for higher work output. So especially in the current labor crisis as staff numbers are down, a lot of companies are losing their best employees because they're simply burning out and cannot see a way of staying within their role without it compromising their physical well-being. Absolutely. They've been pushed to that point where they simply cannot go on. Mm -hmm. And it's vitally important that the employers are supporting their teams in maintaining a healthy work-life balance. Absolutely. That is so important for companies and employers to realize that they're as with everybody. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, they can't even take themselves out of the equation. Right. There's work and there's life and there does have to be a balance. Mm -hmm. So getting enough breaks in order to feel that um, an internal guest or customer, the employee, isn't getting, isn't feeling like they're being drained by their work. Right. And one simple way that managers can help with this is to support staff, support staff in prioritization Prioritization Pri even. Yeah, pri <laughs> in prioritization of <laughs> tasks and, and giving of tasks. We um, really suggest the must, should, could status so that they can focus on the essentials without burning out. This is what I must do. This is what I should do. This is what I could do. And that actually- Depending on like time, capacity, resources, all of those, fa all of those factors. Yes, it yeah. takes into consideration everything. Mm -hmm. And this is also about ensuring companies are paying livable wages. Absolutely. Sorry, I got to jump in now. <laughs> this is one of the big issues right now. And the, the companies not only aren't paying, paying livable wages, but have not been paying livable wages for a really really, really long time. Mm -hmm. And what's happening is that the cost of living is going up, but the wages are not going up in conjunction with that, which means that people cannot afford to live on the wages that they're getting. And this is, it's not okay. We have to make sure that we're companies are paying livable wages. And this is, livable wages are basically what people need to survive. This Absolutely. is the minimum needed to be able to live. live. Yes. And we're not talking about the national the nas the national minimum wage. Yep. This is what is necessary to work and live in your specific area. Mm -hmm. The cost of living for where your business, where your internal guests and customers are actually living. Yeah, where, where do your staff need to live in order to work for you? They you need to be paying them enough that they can live in that environment. And and not just barely scrape by, they need to be able to live within reasonable means in that environment. Yes. So the next need we're going to look at is the value need. So this is the need that relates to our sense of feeling valued, feeling important, and is a big factor in why a lot of employees are disengaged. And the reason for this is that a lot of organizations believe that the way to value employees is to quote unquote, pay them enough. Now, and this is often the case when we start looking at kind of, um, uh, not necessarily line level, because um, line level is where we're having the issue with the national minimum wage not being paid. Uh, a lot of the times, this is when we're starting to get into the management levels. The thing about it is money is a satisfier, not a motivator. So not being paid enough may lead someone to quit, but being paid their fair value is often not enough to get someone to stay because it is not adequately meeting this need. It is one factor and it is often a factor that relates to the foundation function need as we just described, not to their value need. Um, what we want to be doing is making sure that, that managers and the people who are f f focusing on supporting these people uh, are focused 
on having initiatives in place to ensure that their employees regularly feel valued. And this could be as uh, simple as regularly acknowledging them for their work and contributions. It could be more formalized acknowledgements even uh, in the form of employee awards, like an employee of the month or outstanding contribution. Simply thanking them for what what they're doing and demonstrating that you see them, their work and how valuable they are to the organization is a big deal. Um, I've actually got a little, um, just a little mini example I'm going to give here uh, about an organization that I worked for many, many, many years ago. And and um, the uh, it was when I worked in um, video games, and I was I was pretty low on the on the um, on low, low rung on the ladder as far as the corporate ladder was concerned within that organisation. I was I was actually a, a community um, liaison manager before online communities really existed in the way they do. Like social media didn't exist at that point in time. We were sort of managing forums and that kind of thing. And um, I worked within the marketing department or the online marketing department more specifically. And what I found was that the guy that ran our department, um, he was so good at ensuring that the people within his team were being championed outside of our team. So what he would do is he would make sure that other people in the organization knew what his team were doing. He wasn't shouting about himself. He wasn't going, oh, I headed up initiative to do this, or I got, I, I got the team to do that. He looked great because his team looked great. He allowed his team's work to speak volumes for them. And I remember when the um, uh, the the head of marketing for the entire organization, I remember walking along the corridor one day, and I mean, I didn't even realize he knew who I was, uh, much less what I'd been working on. He was like, oh, um, Claire, so-and-so, like your, your manager mentioned to me that you've been working on this, that, like great job. And I was like, oh my goodness, not only does my manager know about this, and I was getting great, great feedback from, from them, but they've actually made sure that the the people who have significant influence within the organization know what I'm doing so that so much so that when we happen to bump each into each other or pass each other in the hallway he felt compelled to stop me and tell me what a good job I was doing and that's that I felt more valued by that than if I'd had a like a a a little I mean there were a number of different ways. I mean, in fact, that organization was very good at making um, employees feel valued in a lot of different ways. But that was one in particular where I felt so valued, not just because my my manager was doing it, but somebody who really had no clue what my role was, what I was doing on a day-to-day basis, knew enough about what I'd done to be able to stop me and tell me about it. And that was, that was a great, I mean, and the thing I loved about it was that it made my manager look good, but he was never talking about himself. He wasn't blowing his own trumpet and going, I've done this, I've done that. He had great people working for him and he championed them and made sure the entire organization knew what a good job they were doing because if they were doing a good job, that reflected well on him. It, it demonstrated he was a good manager. He didn't need to tell people he was a good manager. He was a good manager and it was proven by the work that his team were doing and the successes that we were having. And it didn't cost a thing. Right, not a single thing. Not a single thing by any, from any of the people involved. I mean, that's yeah. pretty amazing in business because it's all of, I mean, it comes down to the bottom line a lot mm-hmm. of times. There are a lot of options and choices and um, different things you can do that are free. Yeah, that, that, that meet needs. That, that meet needs that yeah. cost nothing. Right, absolutely. So another need we want to touch upon is the personal power need. And this is the need that relates to our feeling of empowerment. Yeah. So a lot of employees are actually disengaged because they don't feel empowered to make both decisions 
both to make decisions and choices within their day-to-day role or to drive their future career development. So they kind of feel disempowered to be able to do anything. They can't change their day-to-day. They can't change where they're going or how they're getting there. Mm -hmm. So managers need to support their employees in having greater autonomy with their day-to-day roles, really getting into the role. And I'm going to just jump in here very quickly and say it's important that this is done in a balanced way. Yes. Where, yes, we want to make sure that they have a greater autonomy so they have responsibility. They feel like they have the power to make decisions and choices. And we need to be able to manage that so they don't feel overwhelmed or unsupported. So it's a, this is it's very easy to go, oh, check. I've made sure all of my team have got autonomy in their roles. Yes, but if they don't feel supported by you or they don't have the resources they need to be able to fulfill on that autonomy, on the things that they have autonomous responsibility for, then that's also not supporting their needs. So we need to make sure we're looking at this in a layered approach. Yes, thank you, because that's really important, Mm because if you don't have that last piece, if it's actually costing their needs more, Mm -hmm. I mean... yeah, right there. It's costing their needs more. Right. There are ways to make it work on both, you know, for both sides on all levels. Absolutely. So the managers also want to be speaking to their employees about what their career goals are, mm-hmm. helping them to see the ways that they're able to facilitate movement along their career path. So this could be milestones, objectives, and just ways to manage their own progress. This lets yeah. the employee know that you are invested in their growth that you want to see their growth, and it helps them to feel as though they're helping to move Absolutely. Um, So the next thing we're going to look at is uh, meaning and purpose. So this is one that sits in the leaves and the fruit of the tree. We don't talk about this very often because we want to focus on the roots and the trunk of the the tree first and foremost to make sure it's really stable. But this is actually a really big one at the moment. This Mm -hmm. is the the need that relates to our uh, our need to feel like there is a meaning or purpose to our life and to our work. And this is probably one of the biggest reasons that some people are feeling disengaged, especially the younger generations who want to feel like they're contributing to something bigger than them themselves in their work life. So managers and leaders need to be ensuring that they understand what matters to their team members and they want to help their employees to see how their role within the organization is contributing to something important. And this could look a number of different ways. This could be, uh, for example, um, based on the industry your organization in and how you are contributing to changing that industry for the better. It could be about your corporate social responsibility initi- initiatives, like how are you um, doing better for the, your communities and for the wider world? It could be just about offering a better quality of service and support to your customers or even your internal team members. There are lots of different ways of doing this. The key is that in order for employees to feel fulfilled in their role, they need to feel like they are contributing to something of purpose. So by helping to make that link between their work and that purpose, you help them to feel that this need is being met by the company and their role within it. Another need that we don't talk about much, but is another really important one, is our growth need. Mm -hmm. And this is the need that relates to our need to be growing, to be expanding, and to be developing. Right. And some employees are disengaged because their role within the organization is stagnant, and they're not developing in their position. They've Mm -hmm. been in the same spot, the same project, the same whatever. Day in, day out. Yes. (laughs) And that's what kind of leads to that feeling of the daily grind. Mm -hmm. So managers need to be supporting their teams by by supporting them with training, both formalized and on the job. So you want them to, people have career goals, you want to help them get there and you want to help support them. And by doing that, they're going to be able to better support your business, your customers, and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. They're going to be growing and rather than staying stuck. 
Yeah, and I just want to add to that that the the quite often in this we think about growth as being it has to be big growth. It has to be all oh, the next promotion and maybe I work for a small business and therefore we don't have the opportunity for promotion that some people do. Well actually it's about growth in all forms. It's about learning new things. It's about learning how to do things better. I mean, I can't tell you the number of times that um Serena and I will be doing something and I'll go, "Okay, if you hit this key and that key together, it'll be quicker. You can do this." And she, oh my goodness, I didn't know, I didn't know that. Um, that even that, that's still growth. It's still learning, and so it doesn't have to be these massive things. Yes, we're going to want to make sure that we're supporting people in promoting uh, and getting to those promotions. Yes, we're going to have to have the big trainings. Yes, we're going to have the on the job. Like this is how this works. This is how we do this. And then there are these other ways that we can be learning and growing and developing that actually can ma- help make us more effective and efficient in our work role as well. It can be a simple resource. It can be a tool. Just yeah. another thing that helps them do their job better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what does an organization need to be doing in order to create a destination workplace? Well, to create a destination workplace, organizations need to be approaching their employee engagement at three different levels. And all three are important. If you're hitting only one or two, you're probably going to be missing a big trick and it's going to leave a big gap in that employee engagement and therefore what level of internal customer service in the kind of workplace that you're creating. So the first one is leadership. So the leaders of an organization need to know what their own needs are. There's a couple of reasons for this. They need to be consistently meeting their own needs so they are leading according to what is best for the team and for the organization, not making decisions that are subconsciously influenced by their own unmet needs. Now, the thing is, we know that unmet needs are a very powerful driving force. They will be pulling the strings behind every choice that we make and not consciously, we won't realize that we're doing it because of unmet needs. So unless our needs are being taken care of, they could be unknowingly influencing our decisions without us being aware of it. Aware of it. And at a leadership level in an organization, we cannot afford for that to be the case. We need to make sure that we are making decisions and we are leading in a way that is uh, is is in the best interest of the team, the organization, and the objectives that we have. And the other reason they need to be well-versed on needs is because they also need to be aware of the needs of their employees and the needs of the business so that they can make these top-down decisions that both support these needs and do not compromise them on either side of the equation. By knowing the needs of their employees well, they can look for and create those above and beyond opportunities that will move their organization from just basic or good customer service instead to extraordinary internal customer service, which is what creates a destination workplace, that that development of a working culture and an environment that creates that destination workplace that we're looking for. So the second level that we need to be looking at creating this destination workplace is management. So managers need to be trained in how to support their teams and the individuals in them in ways that ensure their management style does not inadvertently or unintentionally compromise their staff's needs. Now, we, I mean, I cannot, I don't know anybody who has not come across some form of fear-based managerial style at some point in their working life. I cannot tell you the number of times and the extremity Mm -hmm. that I've experienced of these over the course of time. I mean, they're they're just so common. And to create a destination workplace, it is critical to change this culture. So at the management level, we need to provide training to support managers in approaching the key aspects of their role, things like communication, motivation, acknowledgement, feedback, conflict resolution, training, etc., in ways that support and do not compromise both their own needs and the needs of their direct reports. Because if they're doing it in ways that compromise either of those needs, it's not going to be working or sustainable in the long term. 
The third level that we want to focus on in creating a destination workplace is the line level employees. These right. are your uh, customer facing mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes back of the house, but it's kind of the people that really kind of make things get done in business. Absolutely. Yeah. And at the line level, organizations need to put in initiatives that help support the well-being of individuals in the organization in meeting their own needs. Yeah. So within the context of the working environment and their day-to-day role within that working environment. Yeah. So these initiatives initiatives can take form in um, the shape of daily, weekly, or monthly reminders of things that they can do to help Mm -hmm. meet their needs. Um, Regular mini workshops and events that help employees how to learn to take better care of themselves and their needs within that context of the workplace while still fulfilling their role and contributing to the needs of the organization. So we're not saying prioritizing the needs above the organization, but along with the needs of the organization. Because if your line level staff isn't being supported and they aren't meeting their own needs or um, or, are in relation with a company that's helping to support in the meeting of their needs, Right there, the, your line level, if that's not be happening, it, you're missing you're, you're missing a trick because you your are. line level are not going to be, it's not possible to perform to the best of your ability if your needs are, uh, are being uh, put at a detriment. Like if your needs are being compromised and consistently impacted, you are not going to perform well consistently. So this is a, it, it makes good business sense. It is not just, oh, this is a nice initiative. This is something we should do because it will be nice for our employees. This makes good business sense. Mm-hmm. When you take care and support your staff at all levels they are going to perform better which means that they are going to be able to deliver those objectives far better than they would be able to otherwise in otherwise it also puts it into from a line level perspective you feel you you attach to the humanity of the leaders when this happens mm-hmm. because it's like oh they do understand they yeah. do get that this and isn't they that care easy. and they realize that i'm a person outside of here and that my life isn't centered just around this company or the business or my job it's taking the wholeness of life into it yeah. and helping them work within their work environment. Right. So there are companies and organizations who are already doing this in different ways. There, and most people are aware of bigger companies who are putting wellness and other initiatives into place to better support um, their staff's needs both on and off site. Um, but the interesting thing is, is that sometimes it's being done well and sometimes it's really not being done well. So I actually used to work for a media organization in the UK, um, a very big media organization. Um, and they were, they were pretty good good at putting in place regular initiatives to to support staff wellness they would have days where you could go and um, learn about um, you could uh, go and learn dance you could learn breathing you could learn posture um, you could learn um, uh, about stretching Um, there were there were um, like weeks that would be put on where they would have experts come in and do little workshops or do little demonstrations or teach you how to do these things in a better way but the thing about this is it is not enough to just support some of your team's needs. You need to be ensuring that you are also not compromising them too. So this company and this organization that was putting a lot of initiatives in place around wellness and supporting their staff and 
kind of subject and their needs. But the extent to which the toxic work environment there was compromising needs was far, far greater. So you're getting a little bit of benefit from these 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 lovely wellness weeks where you would learn about all these things. You get this tiny little benefit of that, but you're getting a lot of cost simply in how the organization was run and the culture there. And you get a little bit of benefit plus a lot of cost creates a big negative result. So you need to look at the impact across all needs and across all aspects of the organization to be effective. You cannot just invest in one place or just focus on a couple of needs because if you're compromising the other ones, your, your team is still not going to be well supported and you're not going to uh, create that level of engagement that you're looking for in order to create a, a destination workplace. The pandemic definitely brought um, a much different lens to look at mm-hmm. how to keep, how to get good talent and keep it. And it, and it brought the best and the worst out in a lot of organizations, I think. Some Absolutely. it brought the best out, some it really didn't. <laughs> and we want to focus on a company that really kind of nailed it in mm-hmm. the good way that went from what we are aware of from the story. Yes, yeah. from the story that we were given. Because there, there are a lot of companies that are kind of great places to work as a buzz type of thing. It's like it's a performative thing. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, look at what we're doing. So it makes the company look good. It makes the brand look good. But in actual fact, behind the scenes, it's really not doing a huge amount. This is an example of, uh, of a situation where they really seem to do something that was that was looking at supporting their staff in every way they could within the concepts of very specific issue that they were facing. And the company that we're referring to is Gravity Payments. And at the beginning of the pandemic, they got hit hard and they knew they wouldn't survive the layoffs, the price increases. Well, and they, they wouldn't survive without layoffs. Without layoffs, sorry. Yeah. They wouldn't survive without layoffs, price increases, or other drastic actions. They knew that their business was struggling in that right. sense. Mm-hmm. So the CEO of this company, Dan Price, went to the staff for ideas and suggestions. That's I'm going to say, stop right there. Uh-huh. The CEO... went to the staff for ideas and suggestions. Just make a note of that. Carry on. (laughs) We're going to come back to how important that is in a minute. But that is, I'd like, just pause and think about that for a second. The guy that ran the entire organization went to the staff for ideas and suggestions on how to save the business from the the challenges that they were experiencing. To help not lay off his staff. To help not cut down on services. Mm -hmm. This is how it's done. Right. (laughs) So well, this is one way. It's well, done. this is one yeah. way it's done. This is a great example yes. of how it's how done. It can be done. <laughs> how it can yes. be done. Yeah. Um, so what came about is the suggestion was made for voluntary pay cuts from the staff, not mm-hmm. from the CEO. And some could afford to take more of a pay cut than others due to their circumstances. So some employees could some employees could afford a five percent reduction, while others took thirty. Some took fifty, and some took less. So 10 employees actually went asked to go without pay through the crisis. Altogether. Altogether. These 10 employees were like, you know what? I'm set up well enough where it is more important for me, for the people who don't have that. They wanted the, they wanted the business to survive. Yes. They wanted to make sure the business survived and they knew that they could go without pay within that without in that period of time without it negatively impacting their needs. So that's what they offered. Others, they maybe had new houses, new houses or maybe um, like um, a new young family. They couldn't afford to take that same level of pay cut without it impacting their needs. And that's the key is that by going to the staff and by asking them, what can you do? It was, uh, there were some people who were able to do a lot more, some people who were able to do less, but everyone. Everyone did what they could 
to ensure that they were supporting the business in surviving without their own needs being compromised. And that's the thing. They knew what they could do without their needs being compromised. So they were able to put forward the suggestions and they could say, here, this is what I can do. This is what I can do. This is what I can do. And by us all doing that, maybe we can help this this business to survive. And I can I can only imagine there are some people thinking about, oh, there's people who didn't do that. And what about them? I want to say overall 98 percent of employees participated in some form Mm -hmm. they gave up a total of seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars of pay right these employees chose to do this and 98 percent of them Mm -hmm. were able to participate yeah in doing this um this action that the ceo took in doing this it took care of multiple needs so the foundation function needs the pay cuts were in line with which eat what the pay cuts were in line with what each staff member needed to survive. Right. So the staff member was able to have that choice to be like, no, th- this is what I need and this is what I'm willing to give up to help the whole. Yeah, this is what I can give up. It's like rather than someone coming in and going, okay, we're, we're cutting your pay by this. And um, then someone going, oh, I can't live on that. They were able to say, here's what I need. And therefore, this is what I can do without in order to try and help support the business to survive. Another need that this action really, really helped to foster was because the value need, because the staff's opinion and input was being value, valued demonstratively. And yeah. it, they were being asked for their input. They weren't, it wasn't just, oh, water cooler talk. It was, hey, we're in this situation. This is our company. And there How were mul- are we going like, to make it work? There were multiple meetings. This wasn't just like, oh, we're going to send out a little um, questionnaire and see what everyone thinks. There were multiple me- meetings and Zoom calls to help elicit these ideas and suggestions from the team members. So this is the CEO demonstrating and saying, hey, I value your input. I value your suggestions and your opinions. And I'm not I'm not perfect. I'm human. I can't necessarily do this as well on my own as I can with the team's support and help. And so by doing that, he was showing demonstrably how he was valuing the team members. The other need that this really, really meets is the personal power need because these employees now had a say in the future of their company and their role within it. Mm-hmm. It really kind of led to a further um, sense of buy-in and belonging. And an employee engagement. Like, yes. It was supporting their personal power needs. They felt that they had a choice. They felt like they had a voice. Um, they felt like they had a say in how this, this situation, this crisis was going to be navigated so that it could be done in a way that didn't negatively impact them. I mean, that, that, I mean what, what more could a, an employee ask for in a situation like that than, than to be heard and to have those voices, uh, those suggestions and ideas taken on in such an incredible way? And not only did this ensure that they survived the company and the employees, Mm -hmm. but now the employees have received back pay for the cuts that were taken. And this actually began just four months later when it was apparent that the pandemic was going to last longer. So the company was able to survive through the initial hit, readjust what they were doing, Their their strategy, and then they were able to begin giving back what the employees had offered as 
a way of making it all work. Well, and again, like looking at this is again, it's another way that the the company is, is pivoting and responding to what is going on and the changing needs of their employees and staff. Because initially, everybody thought this was going to be a short term thing. This is going to be temporary. I remember I went back home to um, stay with family because I thought, oh, well, it might be I'm only there for a month or two or something. 18 months later, I was still there. Um, two years later, we are still in this same pandemic. It's changed. The, the face of it has changed in that course of time. The impact has changed in that course of time. But we are still very much in it. So what the, the solution that was offered initially when we thought it was going to be temporary, they realized four months later, hold on a second, this is no longer just a temporary thing. We need to make sure that we're not compromising our staff by taking this temporary solution and trying to make it a permanent one. And what they did was they then started to give back to their employees to make sure that they still weren't going at a detriment and that their needs were going to get met. Which in itself is really kind of amazing because the company was saving a lot of money at that point, having people Mm -hmm. having given up. They could have they could have essentially pushed this Mm -hmm. and still be expecting their employees or having their employees work at this rate. But they're like, that's actually not sustainable that that. And they and this is a this is a company that on the face of what we know, and this is the thing we, we always we always need to be conscious of. We we're only going based on what we know, and there may be other things that we don't know. Mm-hmm. But based on what we know, this is a company that seems to get it. They seem to understand that they need to make sure they are taking care of their staff because when they take care of the staff, the staff will take care of them. Um, there was a um, uh, there was another. I don't know whether it was actually in relation to this one. I think it was the same company where they were saying because of. Um, they'd actually changed the um, the wages of people within the organization. So the minimum within the organization, I want to say was $70,000, mm-hmm. I think it was, in that ballpark. And what they were saying is that by doing that, they actually had, um, they went through less staff churn. They were losing less staff, which meant that the staff were able to, the, to know their customers, to know their products, to know how to respond to customer services queries far better than if they were continually churning through and needing to train new people who were then, their, their knowledge was limited so this is a company that seems to understand when you take care of your staff when you look after their needs and you make sure that their needs are being supported and not being compromised that that is a good business decision that is something that is going to benefit the company it's going to benefit the organization it's going to benefit the bottom line Mm -hmm. and when we start stop thinking about taking care of our employees as being I think that we we think about taking care of our customers as being something that's good for business because the customers are the ones that are spending money with the business so if we could give good customer service that's going to be good for our bottom line but I think that we we kind of miss a lot of organizations miss that uh, that by taking care of their staff the staff take care of the business the staff take care of the customers and um, by keeping staff the amount that you you save um, through employee retention simply from uh, recruitment from training from people not knowing how to do their job as well and therefore being less effective and less productive in it because they they're learning on the job um when you start to look at it at this from this point of view, and this is why it's one of the things that's so important for us to be helping and supporting and training and consulting with organizations on, is that when you get this and when you understand, here are the 12 universal needs, here are the strategies at the leadership, at the management, at the line level that will support these in getting met throughout the business and won't do that to the detriment of the business needs, it will actually support the business needs as well. And when we're doing it mindfully, looking to make sure one isn't taking from the other, but actually one is supporting the other, businesses thrive and this is just one example of that go ahead 
Oh, I was just going to say, well, that's the um, end of our business series. Right. I'm sure we will have um, another mini series at some point on business. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine that we wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> There's way more to share in far, as far as the needs relate to, uh, relating to a business context. So yes, there, we will definitely be doing more of these in the future. Um, so anything you want to add before we finish up Mm-mm. no okay well in that place thank you for being with us today thank you for watching if you know somebody if you know a company or a business that you think might benefit from um, from listening to this please do feel free to share this with them um, because we want to make sure that that companies are starting to understand that they're not powerless in the situation that actually they have the means often to turn this situation around and not only turn, turn it around but prevent it from ever happening in the future by really understanding what the needs of their employees are and how to to go about supporting and, and meeting them uh, what i will say for now though is thank you for watching thank you for listening uh, we appreciate you being here uh, we're sending you lots of love uh, stay safe and remember between now and next time to continue to meet your name Con- continue blah, blah, blah. there you go another example of being perfectly imperfect continue to meet your needs lots of love bye bye that's it for today if you like what you heard i would like to see some of serena's awesome facial expressions check out the video podcast on youtube And remember, there's no labor crisis if your team are fulfilled and loyal because their needs are being well met. Well, shit. It really is that simple.